the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. February 17th, 2022. Coming to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios, 602-508-0960. Based on some of our discussion yesterday, especially about the schools, given the San Francisco story, truckers, given what's taken place in Canada and here, a few things dawned on me that seem worthy of putting together, colligating. Let's start by taking a step back. Many of us were shocked when the cancel culture started taking hold. I don't know if it has reached its worst or if there is worse yet to come. Many of us thought it couldn't get worse than banning the speech of an ex-president. And in a seemingly odd way, it seemed worse to those of us yet that those with alternative serious but alternative views of scientific, medical, and policy ideas for a novel, let me repeat, novel, virus, were being banned. Shakespeare in King Lear puts it that the worst is not so long as we can say this is the worst. But we seemed less shocked over a few other takeovers or destructions as they took place piecemeal, one at a time. But looking back in the aggregate should really give us great pause. It's a hell of a catalog the left is stacking up, a hell of a series of institutions they are taking down and attempting to render infradignitatum beneath dignity. And when we look at them in the aggregate, I can't help but think these are some of the basic building blocks of any successful rendering of this country. Think about it. Prayer. Even a moment of silence in our schools. That went out in the 1960s. Schools stayed. Prayer, God, or even just silent reflection were banished. But work with me on other major institutions civil society erected here that have been serially assaulted and battered only in the last three years. It should send us to two objectives, reinforcing that which has been attacked, rescue it, build it back, and second, give no quarter and pay attention next time. Of what am I speaking? Three major institutions last three years, police, cowboys, truckers. Oh, yes, police have long been subject to all manner of investigation and critique for years. It's true, and that is for the most part up until a few years ago for the good. They are apparatuses of the state, after all, with a lot of power. But until recently, they were not group liable as an unholy and racist institution beyond the pale of support and well within the culture's right to debase and defame and demoralize with impunity. We have had famous athletes, never mind other cultural icons, claim they have, quote, put bodies in the street and gotten away with murder, close quote. We have given money, fame, and credibility to those who say such things, even going so far as to depict cops as pigs on their attire, only then again to achieve greater financial reward. Cowboys, they've been taking it on the chin for some time as well, and last year one of the most prominent and longest-serving members of Congress got away with a twofer, declaiming against cowboys and law enforcement all at once. Observing a distorted still shot of a Border Patrol agent on a horse, 
doing his best to keep our borders safe, which means to keep our country safe, this congressman unloaded, quote, what we have witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys with their reins again whipping black people, close quote. There were no whippings of black or any other people, by the way. Neither were there apologies once that was learned. And do keep in mind, prior to last year, if you wanted to criticize a Republican president, the pejorative use of cowboy, think Reagan, think Bush, would do just fine. The winks and nods from the elites could always be garnered with that epithet. Notice, by the way, the thread. Classic all-American institutions, the kinds of heroic and mythical institutions young boys used to play and emulate and dream of growing up to be. All now racist, all racist, worse than slavery even, murder. And then the truckers, also denounced as racist, enemies of the people, enemies of commerce and freedom, enemies of public health. There is no violent revolution when, one by one, the forces of composition in a society can be rhetorically and culturally, though deliberately, converted into forces of decomposition. First, by public conversation of thought, and then by those forces subsequent weakening, collapsing, or lowered value and esteem, morale, in their own as well as the public spheres. You see destruction of heroes all over the place. It's just the more violent efforts are the more noticeable. Think about statue destruction. But change the textbooks. Find the shibboleth most damaging in the public mind, racism, and attach it to forces of good and decency upholding society, and you can destroy not just individuals like Washington and Lincoln, but entire social structures and building blocks of society. The other interesting thing about these three institutions, cops, cowboys, and truckers, is that their professions aren't exactly the usual target of economic revolutionaries, the traditional or old-school Marxists. They aren't exactly the bourgeoisie. They are fairly traditional working-class professions in the old parlance. Perhaps this gives new meaning to the concept of neo-Marxism or neo-Marxist. Notice who's left alone here in this same class of worker. Teachers. Why do you think that is? They've bought in, or at least their professional, their professional guilds have bought in, years ago. It's also one of the professions unlike the others in that it, A, usually requires a four-year college degree, and B, interfaces directly with our youth. Isn't it interesting, too, that cowboys get to their profession by apprenticeship and cops and truckers, while they certainly can go to college, have their own academies separate from and sometimes as alternatives to college? Maybe now we can begin to see the elite hatred of them. In the Communist Manifesto, Karl Marx wrote this about the need to change schools, march through, take over and change them. Quote, the bourgeois family will vanish as a matter of course. When its complement vanishes, do you charge us with wanting to stop the exploitation of children by, the, by their parents? To this crime we plead guilty. But, you say, we destroy the most hallowed of relations when we replace home education with social education. And your education is not that also social and determined by the social conditions under which you educate, by the intervention, direct or indirect, of society by means of schools, etc.? The communists have not invented the intervention of society and education. They do but seek to alter the character of that intervention and to rescue education from the influence of the ruling 
class. Read parents, close quote. Intervene between parent and child and alter the schools to do so. That's what the Communist Manifesto says. Do not let that passage get ignored, nor the reason for it that precedes it. In literally the sentence above what I just quoted, the need to vanish, Marx's word, to vanish the family. Now you can hopefully understand a bit better what one of the planks in the Black Lives Matter movement was the abolition of the traditional family, or as they sometimes put it, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure, close quote. You now understand why that was so part and parcel of this Marxist movement. So kids no longer play cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians or cowboys and anything else. And they won't, don't want to grow up to be cops or grow up to be cowboys anymore because a generation has turned them into un and non desiderata. As for truckers, you ended up on the wrong side of the debate over science, medicine, and public health. The side you were supposed to be on was the side of the state's mandate. A mandate that wasn't about gasoline regulations or speed limits or mandatory rest hours, but a mandate about a needle in the arm for a very new something that proffers no help to the community and may or may not protect you from a disease with a greater than 98% survival rate if you obtain it. You are to be on the side of the state, not for any rational reason, in other words, but because that is what the state wants of you as a test of your fealty to it. You are no longer pledging loyalty loyalty to one nation under God here under God here or God land glorious and free as the Canadian anthem puts it you are pledging your faith to a progressive force just as Vaclav Havel wrote about the Czech grocery store owner who was forced to hang the sign workers of the world unite in his shop window Havel wrote quote if he were to refuse there could be trouble he could be reproached for not having the proper decoration in his window. Someone might even accuse him of disloyalty. He does it, though, because the, these things must be done if one is to get along in life. It is one of the thousands of details that guarantee him a relatively tranquil life in harmony with society, as they say. Close quote. Yes, there could be quite a lot of trouble if you don't do what the state says with the symbolism that they ask. Just talk to the thousands of nurses who have been laid off for their not wanting to be social experiments with their own health. I'm not sure what institution or profession will come next, perhaps construction workers, but perhaps, too, the old notions of politeness and decency and gratitude need to abide again. You see a cop, thank him. You see a cowboy, buy him a cup of coffee. You see a trucker, give him a thumbs up. In their own ways... They are all our knights errant. They should be our heroes. And I just keep getting this feeling that big things are lost if we lose them. Things like forces of composition. And it seems to me we will only turn this tide back to the degree we fight against it as hard as it fights against us. Whitaker Chambers put it this way in his biography. The Western world can answer this challenge, he wrote, but only provided that its faith in God and the freedom he enjoins is as great as communism's faith in man. We win only so long as our faith in right is as great as theirs. And now you know, too, why they do everything they can 
to strip the emblems, instructions, representations, reminders, and even the date of our founding from that faith, from the public square, starting with our schools. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years. Today, it remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You already want it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. That's Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned and proud supporters of American First and my show right here on 960 The Patriot. They're fighting for your right to the financial freedom and privacy that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of our listeners know and trust. That's Midas Gold Group. Visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or call them at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000 or online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Could not let today go by without mentioning the uh, anniversary of the passing of Rush Limbaugh. He is the Fonzette Origo of this industry, talk radio. No Rush, nobody else. Nobody else. And uh, nobody ever surpassed him. Nobody ever did it better. And he was never, ever jealous of people that came after him or tried to follow in his footsteps. There were a lot of imitators. None of them ever got to do and be uh, what he was. Uh, his, his, his passing, he was, he's, he's just gone too soon. But he wasn't done too soon. If you watched some of the uh, interviews uh, about uh, about his life, uh, his wife is now speaking out a bit on Fox News. James Golden has spoken. He never gave up, and neither should we. You know, you, you lay down a certain body of work. Actors do it with movies or plays. In case I'm talking about, let's say, movies. Authors do it with uh, columns, essays, and books. And radio hosts, to a degree, do it in speaking through the microphone. And it used to be, in days gone by, that when you spoke through the microphone, when you were a radio host or had a talk show, you said it, seven seconds later, people heard it, and then that was about it. Um, No more, no more, because of technology and in some respects, thanks to the left, which tapes all of us all the time so that they can try and get us when they do try to get us. Thanks to all that, it's all preserved. It's all there. Rush was a writer and a broadcaster. So it's all still there, as is the great classics, as is the great works of so many of our great leaders. So I was thinking just particularly today, Rush Limbaugh's Appearance on Bill Buckley's firing line way back in 1992. What is that? Is that 30 years ago? Is 1992 30 years ago? Think about that. 
think about that 30 years ago. And I just thought, you know, missing those two giants, those two oaks, Rush and William F. Buckley, might be just I, I thought it would be fun to play a little from Rush Limbaugh when he was on firing line with Bill Buckley uh, and how prophetic he was. We're sending professors now to sensitivity training because they do not use the term Native American as opposed to Indian. We're in this cockamamie idea now that we've got to get rid of surnames of sports teams because they somehow all of a sudden, after all these years, have become offensive. And I think... Like chasing the Indians out of Dartmouth. Yes, yes. Or say the Washington Redskins football team is offensive and you've got to get rid of the term Redskins and, and so forth. And all of a sudden, I can't do the tomahawk chop. Um, you can't do this as a fan at an Atlanta Braves baseball game without supposedly offending Native Americans. That is fanatical, isn't it? Yes. I mean, the attempt to redefine Christopher Columbus as the reason for all evil in the Western world. And I, I always say to people, and that's what multiculturalism is all about, Bill, and I, I'm troubled by it. These are American kids that are being reprogrammed. Now stop and think of this. What is multiculturalism? It is teaching people that which they fled in order to come here to find prosperity, a better life, what have you. And I think multiculturalism is a tool of revenge used by those who failed. It's an invitation society. to retribalization. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and, and, to, and, and to try to convince kids as they're growing up they have no chance in this country. These are American kids, and, and they're being uh, educated in ways that are not going to prepare them to access the opportunities that exist here. And I, I think it's kind of primitive, too. Um, yesterday, uh, Steve Solars was defeated... Uh, by an, an entirely unknown Hispanic uh, um, because that person was Hispanic for no other reason, uh, an 18-year eight, congressman, uh, 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 because the notion was uh, actually uh, uh, flattered that you had to be Hispanic in order to represent Hispanic. Now, this is as preposterous as suggesting that you have to be a woman to represent women. After all, women were emancipated by men. That was 30 Years ago, the terms – it's interesting. I was thinking about that term multiculturalism. It was hugely popular when I was in college and I don't know if it was when you were, Bill. You were you're, – you're a bit younger than me. But you just don't hear that phrase as much anymore. It's been replaced, hasn't it? It's been replaced by uh, diversity, uh, inclusion and equity, the DIE diver – uh, uh, yeah, diversity, inclusion and equity. That's what's really – replaced it. And it's an interesting trajectory. The more you think about it, we went from multiculturalism, which was basically an effort. I like how Russian and, 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 Bill, and Bill, can I? Russian Bill. I like how Russian Bill put it. But when you think it through, it, it was an issue. It was, it, was, it was a shibboleth to bring in um, that which wasn't taught at the University of Chicago, that which wasn't European, shall we say. Um, it was to bring in other cultures, other voices, and put them on par, whether they academically or intellectually deserved it or not, to be put on par with Aristotle and Plato or Shakespeare and Milton. Now, having then done that, multiculturalism went from that, a, multipli a multiplicity of voices, thoughts, writings, writers, authors, cultures, went from that to the elimination of an entire cultural body of work, the European body of work. It seems to me one of the reasons multiculturalism isn't the phrase that it used to be. It isn't as prominent as it used to be. It isn't as omnipresent as it used to be is it represents a lie. 
It's not about multi at all. Please pray someday they'll figure that out about diversity, too. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. You can never say this is the worst, as I said, as I was making mention of in my monologue, any more than you can say I've heard it all. I thought I'd heard it all. Kept it to myself, but I thought it. And then I um, I heard the Minister of Justice, the uh, Canadian uh, Justice Minister, the equivalent of our Attorney General here, U.S. Attorney General, law professor, former law professor named David Lametti. Um, I want you to listen to this TV interview he did. Uh, he did this TV interview on Canadian television. It was with a um, – it, it appears to me I, – I, I don't know these people, but it appears to me the, uh, the, the host, the interviewer, the moderator um, is not necessarily sympathetic. But listen, 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 listen to this. Just listen to this. You've just compared people who may have donated to this to the, the same people who are funding maybe a terrorist. I just want to be clear here, sir. This is really important. A lot of folks says, look, I just don't like your vaccine mandates and I donated to this. Now it's illegal. Should I be worried that the bank can freeze my account? What's your answer to that? Well, if, I think if you if you are a member uh, of, you know, a pro-Trump movement who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to this kind of thing, then you ought to be worried. Wow. Did you get that? If you're a member of a pro-Trump group, never mind his numbers, that's all ridiculous. If you're a member of a – what member of a pro-Trump group is donating millions? If you're a member of a pro-Trump group, you ought to be worried. That's what he said. If you're a member of a pro-Trump group, you ought to be – why is Trump involved in how, – how did Trump get involved in this? Why is the minister of justice worried of Canada, worried about pro-Trump groups? Think about what that means for a moment. Think about what he is saying for a moment. If you are a member of a pro-Trump group who is donating money to this cause, you ought to be worried. This is effectively making support for the previous president of the United States, support for the previous – well, I guess you could actually say the current leader in many respects, the current leader of the Republican Party. If you support the previous president, the current leader of the Republican Party, that is effectively – Illegal. Now, here's how you should know he has no clue what he's talking about. I have no doubt that a lot of people in this country supporting the trucker movement in Canada are conservative and Republican, though not all. And I think I highlighted the other day a bunch of liberal uh, groups and certainly even some minority groups that were supporting the Canadian truckers. And as you know from Jennifer Say in San Francisco, you can be to the left of the center of the left and be on the side of uh, freedom and uh, on the side of actually having rational laws when it comes to COVID. You don't have to be a pro-Trump person to be there. But the funny, weird thing about this and why Lametti just doesn't know, Minister Lametti doesn't know what he's talking about, is I'm not sure, I'm not actually sure where Donald Trump is on this. You'll recall he kind of got into a spat with Candace Owens over the vaccines. You may recall, see, Trump is... Uh, Donald Trump has a kind of a bit of a vested historical and legacy interest in promoting the excellence and the efficacy and the the efficacy of the vaccines because he was very proud of it. And we were all hoping it would happen 
funny thing how it was announced that it had been accomplished the week after the election. We'll leave that aside for the moment. He got it done and it has helped a lot of lives. But he's not where a lot of our movement is on the vaccines. He's not willing or hasn't been or wasn't, at least with Candace or Owens or since, been willing to see the problems with the vaccines. And that's all fine. That's OK. This is a developing thing. And 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 I and I understand that. But for the Canadian minister of justice to say, if you're a member of a pro-Trump group who gives money, you ought to be worried you ought to be worried. This is this is um, this is coming to a political leadership near you. This has been the effort. You're a member of the racists. If you're a member of the Republican Party, you are a white supremacist. If you support Trump, Canada, which doesn't have the kind of constitution we have, did it just a little quicker than we did. Just a little quick. Do you remember? The mass of resignations and the hue and cry when Senator Tom Cotton supported, wrote an op-ed in the New York Times suggesting the use of the Insurrection Act to put down actual riots and violence. Actual riots and violence. Do you remember that? The New York Times apologized for publishing that op-ed. In New York, they didn't have to have any kind of debate about it. It was done in a fell swoop at the snap of the fingers. And now they're targeting people based on not what they're doing. Not what their social or health or economic beliefs are, but what their political beliefs are. They should be worried, and we should. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, brought to you in part by Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. I take it every single day. It's whole fruits and vegetables, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in vegetarian capsules that you can open if you don't like swallowing capsules. <clears throat> you can sprinkle the ingredients right on top of a other piece, other food item, cottage cheese, yogurt, whatever you want. You can put it in a drink. You can also chew on them. The fruit blend was carefully crafted for combined effectiveness with the veggies. And if you don't like swallowing these capsules, people do chew them as a treat, too. You can chew them or swallow them with water. It is potent. It is powerful stuff. Tomatoes, papayas, bananas, grapes, wild blueberries, tart cherries. You get garlic. You get green cabbage, cauliflower, zucchini, broccoli. Go to balanceofnature.com. And when you order your fruits and veggies, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, Seth. This is your Ostrogobulus friend. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I've never had such a thing, have I? What is an Ostrogobulus friend? Oh, well, uh, Ostrogobulus is just a fancy word for weird. I love it. <laughs> Where has that been my whole life? <laughs> well, I just heard it just a few weeks ago. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. Ostrogobulus? Ostrogobulus. Okay. O-S-T-R-O-G-O-B-U-L-O-U-S. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I love learning the words. I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, Seth, thank you very much for your tribute to Rush Limbaugh. Um, he was fantastic. I remember in the early 80s, 
having a friend of mine come up to me one day and say, uh, wow, have you heard this guy on the radio? And I had not. He said, listen, he's saying the stuff that we're saying yeah. all the time. Yeah. And uh, from that point on, I, I was a regular Rush Limp uh, listener. And you knew you weren't alone. Right. 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 I think that, as you know, listener to this show, regular listeners to this show like you, Rick, you know, I'm very big on that. It's important you know you're not alone. And, yes, and he was very good at that. Very important point. I just wanted to say, you know, that a year without Rush was like a year without spring. Yeah. Because one of the things that Rush did is he just made things new. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he didn't do the same old thing. He had a, a, new, a unique way of uh, illustrating the ridiculous with the sublime yep. and, uh, and calling attention to it. And uh, it, it just was uh, a new and different way and an and approach that was humorous and yet also at the same time uh, dealt with very uh, serious things. And... Uh, we might mention also his introduction of the bumper music into radio. I, I didn't realize one, that was him. Did yeah, he do that? I believe at one point is in his right? career, he was actually a DJ. That's true. Yes, that is yeah. true. And right. so he, right. he had a real affinity for uh, introducing really good bumper music into the program. It's funny, and he never altered it. You know, he always had that one pretender song, What Was It, My City Is Gone, or something like that. He yeah. never altered it for as long as that show ran. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember uh, they once asked, um, what's her name? Who who led the, Chrissy, Chrissy Hind? Is that what you said? Yeah, Chrissy Hind. Uh-huh. Uh, if she minded, because she, she's kind of not us, you know? She's right. kind of... Um, right, right. How would you comp- what would you say? She's uh, she's probably an AOC voter. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They asked yeah. her if she minded. You know what she said? I no. don't mind. She said she didn't mind. Said she didn't mind. Said I don't mind. You know, let them hear my music. Yeah. yeah, which is you know a far more sophisticated view than David Crosby or Joni oh, yeah. Mitchell. Um, yeah. Who, by the way, I read the other day. You know, for all this huffing and bluffing and courage. Uh, they're still on Spotify. Wow. Joe Rogan isn't gone and they're not gone. That's can, You want to check on I don't know. Oh, how to, can you check on I don't, I'll, I'll that, check on the break. That's what I've read a couple of that places. That harkens back to uh, all, of the, all of the celebrities that uh, yell and scream, if President Trump is elected, I'm leaving the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? As they said <laughs> that about Bush. As they Yes, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely Bush and right. Trump yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, no, and, I, the, the, I'll tell you what took courage, uh-huh. and, it, and, and it's maybe something beyond courage. It's resoluteness. Um, it's the man in the arena. It, yeah. It's what Rush Limbaugh did because, I yeah. mean, okay, it, it was easier when people followed in his footsteps and followed in his tracks. Bill is validating the point for all that huffing and bluffing. Joni Mitchell and David Crosby didn't leave Spotify. Yeah. That's an uh, interesting thing about these leftists, you know? Yeah. Such an interesting thing. Well, we're yeah. going to threaten you, and if it doesn't work, well, then never mind. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and we'll it. just take the money. We'll yeah, just take the money. Yeah, you know, money it took important. a level of courage for Rush, you know, to do it. Yeah. And I remember the condemnations early on. After a while, they stopped. They thought they could chase him away. But mm-hmm. it does take a bit of courage uh, to do what he did, at least yeah. at first. And then it took resoluteness. It took stick-to-itiveness. Yeah. 
yeah. it took that man in the arena. And if you watch that whole firing line episode with him and Bill Buckley, it's it's you know he's talking about the names he gets called and that sort of thing. Right. It's uh, it's you know to stand up and stand for something. Uh, not everyone has the stuff that uh, that allows them to do it. Hell, True. we just pointed out that Joni Mitchell and David Crosby don't. Right. Right. <laughs> well, he he did he ta- he did take a lot of flack and a lot of attacks. Yes, he did. You remember when he he went on uh, Monday Night Football? Yep. I believe it was. Yep. And Lowen Donovan I McNabb, mean, if I'm not mistaken, job. Donovan McNabb was uh, you know he 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 crossed that uh, he crossed yeah. that line you cannot cross. He criticized yeah. a man who happened to be black, and that was the beginning of cancel culture. Maybe that was yeah. patient zero. And ca- maybe Rush Limbaugh was patient zero in the cancel might, culture. Maybe. Might have been. Might have might been. been. He, was, he was willing to uh, stand out there and take the arrows. And, yep. and uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely yep. right and, about And it. I'll tell you something else about him. You know, a lot of people like to denounce him as a, you know, as a not smart guy. He was highly articulate, highly intelligent. And yeah. one of the ways you know it, is using your own intelligence and listening to him, but smart, deep intellectuals liked him a lot too. Bill Buckley liked yeah. him a great deal, a great deal, and I could name you a number of people like that in Washington D.C. that tuned into Rush Limbaugh on a regular basis. Yeah. This, this this man was underestimated and underrated his whole life. I was playing a game with some folks last night. Is is something rated right? Is it underrated? Is it overrated? And we're thinking about popular brands and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, Rush was underestimated and underrated for all his success and achievement. Still yeah. under, underestimated. Hell of a communicator. Yes. Uh, made uh, – it might be interesting to think about this, actually. This might be an interesting game, Rick, Yeah. Uh, to think about what three or five people, some small number of people, I'm sure it's it's small, without whom the conservative movement today would not exist – Let's start by saying Rush and Bill Buckley and maybe think of a few others over the break. Rick, thank you. Bless you. Godspeed. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. That's from the uh, live concert at San Quentin. I would urge you to watch that on YouTube, too. It's really interesting if you do. In the late 60s, that was a song written by uh, John Sebastian. You probably know him better from The Love and Spoonful. But um, you want to talk about how the culture's changed? That's at San Quentin, which is the prison for the toughest of the tough. You go and watch that video, and you look at those prisoners. Looks like a cast from Mad Men, the way they are orderly, the way they are dressed, the way they are... um, Kempt. It's 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 a different level, a different level of uh, of criminal we're dealing with today. That is an interesting question I was plagued by over the break. Plagued is totally the wrong word. It was an interesting question I was made curious of over the break for myself. Think of just a handful. Let's 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 have a good number on it. Let's keep it maybe to five, just to make it interesting. I'll give you my list. Without whom the conservative movement wouldn't exist. And the reason I want to keep it small is to keep the threshold high. I think the conservative movement as it exists today would not exist without Rush Limbaugh, without William F. Buckley, without Barry Goldwater. I'm going to add Ronald Reagan. And the reason I'm going to add Ronald Reagan 
for any number of reasons what he stood for, what he did. But I think just the fact that he could show Barry Goldwater could win, that he could show William F. Buckley could win, Rush came later, that there you can win with those views. You can win with that ideology. You can win with that kind of conservatism and win big. You realize people, he, this, this, this most hated man by the New York Times and the Washington Post won 49 states in his reelection effort. Who would be the fifth? Rush, Buckley, Goldwater, Reagan. Who would be your fifth? Or if you dis- disagree with any of my first four, it's kind of an interesting question. I'll probably take the rest of the show to think about who my fifth person would be. There must be a fifth. There, I can't leave it at four. I have to have five. I don't know why. I'm just laying down that rule. There has to be five. The five people, because that's you know kind of a thing, the five thing. The five is a show on Fox. The five people you mean in heaven. All these things, right? Five. We need five. Who are the five people without whom the modern conservative movement would not exist? Rush, William F. Buckley, Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan. Who is the other one? The great Charles Kessler, professor, author, and editor-in-chief of the Claremont Review of Books, coming up next. His new essay in the new Claremont Review of Books, Alien Nation. Will we have to choose between the anti-Americans and the post-Americans, or is a republic graced by thoughtful American patriots still possible? We'll go through that with Charles when we come back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 